You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week five of the Wing Foot Locks. As always, Joe Masiri and Greg Hoyle here with you. Coming off what was a very exciting week in the NFL, eye-popping totals in the first half at the 1 o'clock games, Greg. We talked about this last week, man. Lots of points being scored, especially over there in uh, in Dallas. Couldn't complete the comeback last, last week. Uh, what are you making of the season so far, buddy? Uh, well, I'm glad I didn't, you know, blindly um, after I texted you. So what have, what have we come up with? Six one and one on the overs after the one o'clocks. And then you just dropped uh, some knowledge on me that then it went, what, one five and one? One five the, and one. Yeah. And then yeah, in the late lucky, games and Monday night football combined. Yeah. Lucky, lucky I didn't take that information I sent your way and jump on board with it because that would have been uh, – that would have been devastating, but uh, it, at least you would have went, uh, you know, six one and one before you gave all the money back. But that's it. <laughs> just goes to show that things tend to level themselves out, right? Yeah. Speaking of though, this week we got another set of high totals on there. Average number, I believe, is around fifty one. Uh, you know, at, at this time, we'll see what it goes up to because I we know the public likes to play those overs there. So. Um, there is some accounting before we look ahead to this week's games. I know that you wanted to get to. So let's look at the Baltimore Ravens last week. They were 14-point uh, favorites. You said you get one 14-point favorite uh, a year, a season. Uh, but you want guess if it pushes, then you get another. Oh, is that how that works? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I mentioned to you that I wanted to bring this up because I, what did I spend, two, three minutes talking about how I always buy a three and a half down to a three. So I'm certainly not going to apologize for a push, right? Nobody lost any money uh, from that type of situation. But I do want to specify as well, like, I'm not going to play a seven. I'm not going to play a, a 14. I'm not going to play a 14 and a half. I'm not going to play a seven and a half. I'm not going to play a three and a half. And I would encourage otherwise of either don't play it or get it down. Right. And same thing goes for um, that that 14 number. I think it was only like laying one minus like 123 or something like that to get it down to 13 and a half. So uh, we usually talk about principles. Right. If you're going to do it once, just like insurance at Blackjack. Right. Have have a set of rules and when you're going to do it and stick to it. Because we're nothing, understand. we're nothing if not principled, Greg Hoyle. There you go. I don't <laughs> understand insurance at blackjack, so my principle is I don't take it, right? So I just <laughs> I steer clear. But uh, on these key numbers, which I uh, understand a little bit better, I'm buying it down there to to get myself a win, where otherwise, you know, many could have gotten a push. So I won't make the bets earlier in the week, which means I'll pay up a little bit more. Um, to be able to see those injury reports and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll go to the alternate line books and get that 13 and a half. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You say don't uh, do things that you don't understand. I heard a story during the whole Bernie Madoff scandal about a guy who didn't invest with Madoff simply because he couldn't understand it. And he saved a <laughs> heck of a lot of money that way. He was like, no, explain it to me again. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. And so since he couldn't understand it, he didn't invest. And uh, I think he uh, made the right decision in that one. Yeah, I know a couple of startups going on in, in the life sciences industry that follow that same path where they've explained it five times and we're like, yeah, doesn't make much sense. Yeah, still doesn't make sense to me. So we stay away from that one. All right, let's try and make sense out of this week's schedule. Actually, before we do, I want to I wanna give a shout out to Chris Portente because I'd get in trouble if I didn't here, man. Guy's on fire, 4-0 with his wing foot locks, death taxes and the saints in october is the theme that we're going with so far i was actually texting him greg when uh the saints were down 14 nothing to detroit and i said to him uh you know not the start that we wanted and he said don't worry 
even keel. Drew Brees is going to take care of this. They can't stop the run. Alvin Kamara, blah, blah, blah. Ty uh, Lions like to give it away. And he was right on all of them. So I texted him, so live bet the Saints, right? Question mark. And his response was to me, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. So... Listen, the Saints would have been a good pick. We would have doubled up on it there. But I, I like Chris uh, respecting the gambling gods and not trying to tempt them by doubling down. Do, do you know what's hilarious about all of this? Go ahead. You double down? While you, guys, while you guys were texting, I was live betting. And I think this is hilarious because I, before you made that comment, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I thought log logically you had to double down at 14 nothing. <laughs> Yep, I was in there alive. It was lovely. Uh, we know that Detroit cannot hold a lead. They somehow always get one, but they can't hold it. And we've seen a lot of these comebacks, obviously, this year. You know, I actually made this observation a couple of years ago that I thought we were going to see more comebacks because of the rule changes, because of how much you know uh, people throw the ball now uh, on both sides of it and, and people being aggressive. I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a regression. Um, I think teams are going to start to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, to Even I think the Falcons tried to do that uh, a little bit last week. You were, it, It's funny, man. They weren't airing it out. I know they've got wide receiver issues, but they were about staying in the game and, and moving the ball down uh, against the, the Packers on Monday Night Football, which I thought was a little bit interesting. Um, I don't know how much of that goes into their actual personnel versus how much of it was um, just wanting to make sure that they did get a score rather than turning the ball over. What do you think about that, Greg? Do you think we're going to see a little bit of a regression here when it comes to that? And the pa Oh, and the same, sorry, on that game also Packers icing the the game giving it to their running backs as well uh in Jones and um uh Williams there yeah I thought Atlanta was just sticking their tail between their legs there and, and trying to just you know shorten up the game and get the heck out of there but um no the it's it, it is interesting I think you had a valid point with the the rule changes there uh because it, like I've never seen anything when you talk about uh, takeaways from this year. I've never seen anything like it between the, the Bears, the Cowboys, right? Even the Cowboys not <laughs> completing that comeback. Like I sent a text to uh, some Cowboys fans telling them to drop everything because they were about to make a 27 point comeback again, you know, being in, being a jerk. Right. Uh, and then I was almost the big jerk there. I was I was quite concerned when it got to 41 to 38 after I sent a text message at 41 to 14. But it's becoming a lot more commonplace. I think we might have to kind of revisit and the live bet from that side of things, um, you know, might be something that we start looking into a little bit more. Maybe we, you know, get active on Twitter when we're, you know, seeing some of those opportunities. But I, I you know, I, I wasn't really ever into live betting all that much because right. the app that I was using didn't really have um, one. But now that I've got two different ones that have actual reliable live betting, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I did stay off of the, uh, Thursday night game, I almost did a little sprinkle that would have lost. So, uh, that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we call that spewing some... chips, right? When you when you play that and you've amassed some chips as you're sitting at the poker table and you tend to give a couple back, that's that's where we're spewing some chips back into the pot there. Just a, a little sprinkle. Maybe we gather a little bit of information. <laughs> uh, you know, yep. Paul Paul just commented here as he's watching. Uh, he's concerned about the impact of the weather on this week's games, and I think that is an absolutely valid concern. Concern. We've got Hurricane Delta that is bearing down or is in currently uh, Louisiana. I think it made landfall. I don't think it was as bad as they were expecting down there. Uh, but that's going to be a big impact, and I think that segues nicely into what I wanted to talk about here, the totals this week. Greg, you brought up the stat that, that I, I brought up to you before here about the fact that the totals in the late games were like 5-1-1 one, and one on the unders. I don't think anybody was talking about that this week, though. Everybody was talking about the massive amount of scoring that we saw in the 1 o'clock games, and it was absolutely off the charts because people like scoring, because scoring is memorable. I think back to the Super Bowl where we had the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams, and it was the lowest-scoring Super Bowl, I think, one of the lowest-scoring Super Bowls of all time, and everybody was like, that was a terrible game. That was a terrible game. I was enjoying the chess match that was going on with McVeigh and uh, and Belichick in that one. I think that people 
are putting too much value in the overs right now. I think they think the game, and the game has fundamentally changed, but I think we're going to see a trend this week as one, the weather starts to get a little colder, as two, the weather starts to get a little rainy and we have these storms going on around the country, uh, and three, as these teams get a little bit more fatigued from the grind of the season, I think we're going to start to see these totals come down a little bit, even though in the actual numbers, even though the lines are set a little bit higher. I have a theory out here. I'm I'm thinking about right now playing all of the unders blind this week. What do you think about that, Greg? Bold strategy, Joe. <laughs> um, I, I think we need to pick and choose and do our weather reports um, on it because I think you could make some assumptions here that I'm actually yeah, I'm looking at some uh, – some delta trackers right now uh and i'm seeing kind of its path on where it's going to take so it looks like it's interesting because i looked at cleveland and it looks like cleveland isn't going to have inclement weather tomorrow which based on what i'm looking at right here for the path uh it would look like they're going to get slammed but it sounds like philly and the the East Coast areas are going to get slammed. It has like a 90% chance of, of rain all day tomorrow. So I, I really think guessing at this is one thing, right? Versus letting the storm take its path, get your updates at like 9, 10 o'clock tonight, uh, and then see where it's really going to be affected and try and get it before that number starts going down two and three points. Uh, because yeah, I think your the narrative is that scoring is up, which it certainly was. But, you know, it was up at the one o'clock last week and then down thereafter to the point where it was only like 55%, right, on the on the over. Right, and you know, but wait, wait, the thing yeah. is, the, the thing is too, and I'll let you finish your point in a second, but the thing is too, the bookmakers know that the scoring is up. And so the totals have gone up in those games. We were looking at the numbers last week when they came out and we said, have you ever seen yeah. totals this high? Right. Yeah. So they're accounting yep. for it. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you want to get, you want to be right as to when things are going to kind of normalize a little, right. Because I, I don't see this happening. Right. And like, I don't think we're entering into an era where it's going to be like the, the, the new, point spreads are going to be 56 through 59 right like that's that's some wild stuff that's some big big 12 numbers right right so where are they going to settle down is is the question and are we going to find it there i mean look i think we're seeing it right maybe if the totals were between 42 and 45 now we're seeing them between 47 and 50 um and then you see the aberrations actually i think on monday night football it was, and there were two Monday Night Football games, so the Packers and the uh, Falcons. It was 56 and a half was the number on that one. Um, I mean, look, eventually there's just not enough time in a game to score uh, that right. many points if you're going to run the ball at all. So definitely something to pay attention to. All right, I'm going to open, because we're talking so much about totals, I'll start uh, for this week's game with one of the totals that I like. Actually, and we'll go back to back, because I think we both like each other's totals in yeah, this here. Yeah. Uh, I'm ready for that. All right, so I will start this week the Washington football team is playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, right now I've got the total at 46. I like the under in this one a lot. Uh, right now Washington is making a quarterback change. They're moving away from Haskins and they're going to Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, we saw that he got off to a hot start with the Carolina Panthers. Everybody was talking about him being a hot free agent and then he faded down the stretch last season with Carolina. His backup this week is Alex Smith. Haskins not even in the mix, which I think is kind of interesting. And, you know, I mean, I don't think there's a better story than Alex Smith if he does get to return to the field this season. Man, I'm rooting for that guy because that was like a Joe Theismann-esque uh, hit when he got his leg collapsed there. Um, and he's he seems like he's all the way back. But the... Washington, we know, has a solid defense, right? They have kept them in ball games this season. And I think with a little bit of a quarterback change, with a quarterback change, maybe you get a little bit of momentum there. The team uh, stepping up their effort to try and show that, hey, this was, you know, we, we can still win some games here. I like Rivera. I think he's a little bit of a gambler. Maybe he goes um, for a couple uh, extra possessions, you know, a fourth down here or there that ends up extending a drive. 
Um, the other thing is, we talked about the Los Angeles Rams last week. They have had the most brutal travel schedule that I have seen in a long time. Uh, they went from, all right, let's go back here, Greg. They went from Philly back to L.A., right, for the week. Yep. Then they went to Buffalo. Then they went yep. back to L.A. the next week. They played uh, the Giants. And now they're coming yeah. back. To the East Coast this week to play the uh, to play Washington. That's crazy. That is an absolute nightmare of, of scheduling for this team, and they have managed to overcome it. Uh, you know, Chris has the wing foot lock of the week this week on this game. I, I don't know that I, I love that pick, but I think that the the defense is going to be able to keep them in it. We've seen that this defense is playing really solid this season. And outside of Aaron Donald, um, I don't think they have a ton of names. Oh, and of course, uh, Jalen Ramsey there at cornerback. They don't have a ton of names, though, outside of those two guys. But as a unit, they've played really well. Um, everybody's talking about the offense and the struggles they've had outside of that one quarter against Buffalo where they were able to come back. Um, but let's not forget, they held the Cowboys to 17 points on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is a deep defensively led team in the Rams, despite the fact that I think their perception is that they're an offensive team. And so for all of those reasons, I think that they're, you know, the fatigue that sets in for them is uh, a big factor in this one. I think that the Washington making a change at quarterback is going to impact their offense and they're going up against a good defense. And on the defensive side of the ball, Washington gets Chase Young back for this one, um, which is going to be big because that front can get some pressure on Goff and Goff isn't a mobile quarterback the way the last couple quarterbacks they faced in Lamar Jackson. I think there was one in between, but it was Lamar Jackson and uh, uh, Kyler Murray who they faced. And and those guys can move around and kind of avoid the pressure. I think they get to Goff this week a little bit. And for that reason, I think this game goes under the total. And then uh, I'm going to call you... I can't call you a meteorologist because you don't have the degree, but uh, our, our weather correspondent here, what, what do we have as, as the weather forecast in uh, D.C.? That's right near Baltimore. And I know you were telling me Baltimore is going to be expected to have some bad weather. So uh, they expecting some rain in the nation's capital? 80%. 80% chance of rain. Listen. It looks like it'll be starting in the morning, um, and then I'll get more information as we go later in the day, right? So that, that certainly doesn't hurt uh, the over-under. Yeah, and I think that slows down that slows down the Rams a little bit, right? I think that plays into our into – our, you get a sloppy track out there on the field that plays into our pick this week of going under the total of 46. What do you think? I, I've got no issues. The only issue that I have is you saying that you didn't love Chris's pick. Kids four and zero. I know. Uh, so I know. Year. I'm so sorry, you, Chris. You, you 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 bite your tongue uh, from from that side of things. Uh, you know, you factor in you factor in weather. Uh, you factor in uh, you know may, maybe the wrinkles that McVeigh was adding that um, have kind of worked and had them load up against the the Eagles and then having to come back against uh, Buffalo. You know, maybe teams have, have seen that a little bit more. I think it was pretty surprising them not being able to move the ball. Like they charged down the field against the Giants and then it was like forever until they scored again. So I don't know if that's the travel that you're talking about that was getting to them and now they're traveling again or if those are wrinkles that teams are kind of getting a little bit used to that McVay added and now they're catching up. Um, so I don't have any negatives there. Um, and, you know, we'll see how I think the unknown is we'll see how the Redskins are with the new quarterback that will probably charge up the rest of the team. But he's certainly not a good quarterback. Um, uh, Alex Smith is definitely the best they have there. And I mean, if, if the guy's ready, um, good luck to him. It scares the heck out of me, him coming back on a, a football field. But uh, from that side of things, if he's ready and, and cleared, I, I think when he gets back on the uh, the field, you might have an actual team. But Kyle Allen's no good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
pick the under. Uh, I'm good with that. What number do you have it at? 46 right now. And one more thing on that, too. Again, we, we didn't even mention this. It's just the fact that it's a West Coast team coming east for a 1 o'clock game. And and I just want to say, pay you got to pay attention to the start times uh, for these games as we get in. I, I think we're probably set now, being that it's Saturday morning. But last week, they flipped that Chicago game. That was supposed to be a 1 o'clock game. And they moved that to 425, uh, which I think, you know, I think that changes a little bit for some of the players, uh, especially if it's a West Coast team coming east for a four o'clock game. That wasn't the case last week. But make sure you pay attention to the times because of COVID, everything is is flipping around there. All right. Uh, speaking of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, we talked about them playing Chicago last week. This is they this week they're headed to Cleveland to play the Browns. Obviously, everybody saw that. What was it? Four hundred yard rushing performance that the Browns put on the Dallas Cowboys last week. Historically. <laughs> More like like three fifteen, Joe. Don't be don't be so hyperbolic. Oh well, all right. That it felt like four hundred <laughs> when they put up fifty points and you're running the ball for that many yards. I mean, that's like running the triple option in college. You you put that up. I think Navy maybe uh, did that back in the day. Um, right. But anyway, so this week they're headed to they're taking on uh, the the culture taking on the Browns in Cleveland here. Right now, I think the over or under, I saw 47 and a half. Greg, what do you have it at there? Yep, yep. I'm going to grab it at 47 and a half as well because uh, I like that number. Uh, but yeah. I and which way do you like that, it? Make sure we, we're clear. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going under, um, right? So I think you, you mentioned, and I'll revert back to that, not as the entire basis of the, the handicap, but as a good example, right? You look at Atlanta uh, and the Packers, and what did you say? That over under was. 56, 56, 56 and a half. Yeah, I closed right? that. Yep. You know, and, and I think that's not acknowledging a dome team, right? That's getting out of the dome and, and playing uh, in the elements, right? So I'm going to catch it at 47 and a half because, you know, if the elements are bad, that only helps me, right? So that number is going to go down if it turns out that it's going to be sloppy out there. Um, but the, the Colts have been playing low scoring games. They, they haven't been in a game that's. Um, scored over 47 points so far this year um and they're pounding the ball right they're going to continue to do that i I don't think you know getting out of the dome and and going on the road to cleveland is going to make them want to try and start airing it out they've got cluster injuries at wide receiver which lends to the fact that they're running the ball a lot and it makes tons of sense um i think Cleveland has the best backup running back who might be just as skilled as their starting running back in Nick Chubb. But these these backups that, that are going to spell um, uh, Kareem Hunt are not going to gash the Colts defense like they did the Cowboys defense. Right. So, so, so even we, let me let me touch on that, too, because so even if Kareem Hunt right is is as productive as Nick Chubb, his backup will not be as productive as he is, is the theory there. Right. Correct. Right. So um, from, from that side of things and, and, you know, Kareem Hunt's just an explosive, a a well-rounded, you know, probably the best third down back out there. Right. He's not as explosive as Nick Chubb. He's just a fantastic spell back for him. They're great one, two punch. So that equation though, what scares me is if Cleveland's going to deviate their game plan, um, and this is the only thing I worry about because Chubb's out, right? If they can just stay disciplined and stick with the equation that has them winning ball games and keep the ball on the ground and then sprinkle in some of these plays to their wide receivers and run play action through Mayfield, that's that's what I want to see. I want to see them running a similar plan. And I think we're going to have a pretty low low scoring ball game here, which is yeah, kind of pretty funny to think about, right? When you have Cleveland <laughs> after that game against Dallas, where you have what 90, 90 something. Uh, yeah, the, you can't get less comfortable than this, right? Cleveland's coming off a game where they just scored ninety points. Right now, you're betting on the. the well, they scored. They scored forty nine. They scored forty nine. <laughs> right. Let's they not be hyperbolic, 49. Greg. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and now the uh, we're betting on the two teams to go under forty seven and a half. But I like that. You know, it makes you if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it means it's it's you know um, probably something that's that, that that should be pretty good. Yeah, we say it a lot. Though. Sometimes the hardest bets to make are the best bets to make. 
Um, it's, it's definitely true in a lot of cases, especially when it comes to the NFL. But, you know, I, I think I want to point out one thing here, right? So, obviously, they're going against, they're going from facing the Dallas Cowboys defense, which may be historically bad, and then they're facing the Indianapolis Colts defense, which at least statistically for their start is off to a, a historically good start uh, with what they've been able to, to limit their opponents to. Now, look, I'm not sold on the Indianapolis Colts being as good as they are on paper right now, um, you know, was part of my reason for liking Chicago against them because of their uh, the, the opponents that they had played to this point in the season. Um, Phillip Rivers, outside of that first game, still hasn't made any major mistakes, any turnovers that have really cost them. And I think that is big because he's been known to do that in years past. I mean, last year was he was right up there. He didn't get any he didn't get nearly as much of the conversation because Jameis Winston was throwing uh thirty right. interceptions. But he he was turning the ball over a ton last season over there in San Diego. Uh, but they have a really good defense this year and it's definitely much better than the Dallas Cowboys defense. The one thing I will point out, I believe Darius Leonard, their middle linebacker, is out for this one. They're also missing a Pro Bowl offensive lineman for this one. I like the fact that they're missing the Pro Bowl offensive lineman because I think that lends it to Miles Garrett and that defensive line getting a little bit more pressure on Rivers and I think it you know takes away from their running game a little bit. Um, I don't like Leonard missing, but I think they have enough talent around him. And that's, you know, outside of Leonard, he's the biggest, I think, star on that um, on that team, I, I, on the defensive side of the ball. I think they're, they're just a solid group of guys who you better start learning their names uh, because they are really performing. they got a couple really solid corners out there, too. The other thing that you touched on was... Uh, are the Cleveland Browns going to deviate from the game plan, right? We know about the talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball, especially at the wide receiver position in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. There's two things on this. One, their head coach, uh, Stepanski, is one of the biggest proponents of running the ball. Uh, when he was with Minnesota, he ran the ball at a higher rate. Minnesota ran the ball at a higher rate than any other team in the league. He stuck to that so far this season with... The Browns, and I think that will continue this week because he believes that's just his philosophy, right? You're nothing if not principled, Greg. So I think he sticks to those principles this week. And well, go ahead. Well, I was going to say we'll we'll see how disciplined he is. I know. That we're 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 betting on it. So yeah. let's go. Right. And the other the other thing is that they, if you notice, they got the ball to Odell Beckham Jr on a couple reverses or end arounds last week, which is, you know, they're committed to the run. They know he's a playmaker. Let's get the ball in his hands. But that just tells me also, too, that they don't have a, a ton of confidence in Baker Mayfield, right? They're, they are protecting Baker Mayfield in any way that they can. Their offensive line is quietly played. Well, maybe not quietly because of the offense, the, the rushing output they put on the Cowboys. But their offensive line has been very good this season. Um, the they're not throwing the ball a ton, which protects Baker Mayfield. And so far, since they're winning, I guess the wide receivers, we haven't seen any drama uh, from Landry or Beckham because they're finding ways to get the ball in their in their hands. So under 47.5 is the play in this one. Uh, I like it as well. Again, I'm, I'm talking about possibly betting and unders blind. So if I find maybe uh, five to seven of them, maybe we'll just do a select five to seven of them to go with there. Uh, let's move on to games where we actually like teams in this one. So this week, we the last week, the better beware game of the week was the Miami Dolphins uh, as they were hosting the Seattle Seahawks. So we were saying, watch out for the Seahawks. That was a heck of a game, man. When you look at that, they were in it the whole way. The fact that they covered, I think, look, if you went with the Seahawks, more power to you. Um, with a better beware game of the week, we tell you, you know, we might just want to stay away, not necessarily endorsing the other side of the, the coin on that one, but you were probably pretty stressed out uh, if you went with the Seattle Seahawks in that one. Uh, this week, Seattle returns home. They're facing the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming off their win against the Houston Texans. Right now, Seattle, a seven-point favorite. Greg, you have a play in this one on a side. You like the Seahawks. Why? Yeah, does this does this uh, land me in Squareville again, or is this is this okay? Uh, yeah, it's. It, I think it's pretty square. I think it's pretty square right now. <laughs> I'll check the while you while you explain yourself. I'll check the uh, public action. 
So in seeing Diaz last week, uh, and and you've mentioned this in the pod before, that we got to be able to talk ourselves off of things. Uh, if you recall last week when I was talking about Houston and how we thought that the COVID situation was going to disrupt Kirk Cousins because he's a routine guy, right? But it was a routine game for him. It was a 1 o'clock kickoff, and he's good in those games. We didn't have enough patience. We, meaning me, uh, didn't have enough patience for this type of situation where he's a bet against in primetime games. Uh, If you've watched Minnesota overall, there hasn't been anything um, that I've been impressed with. They beat Houston, who is still winless, right, Uh, and just fired their coach, right? So uh, from that side of things, this is a blind bet against. It's not so blind. There's a decent sample size. and I didn't have it. I think uh, actually I've referenced uh, my buddy Nick. Uh, he sent me over stats before. He sent another one again. It concerns me when it, this is becoming super public. But I think it's about seven and fourteen in primetime games against the spread. Kirk is, Cousins um, is Kirk Cousins. So it's a decent enough sample size. It's something that I've been playing on. Uh, at least the past year at this point. Um, and now I think it's becoming a lot more known. What were the, uh, what was the team that used to be, um, was it the Bengals with Andy Dalton that couldn't win a a primetime game? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think it was them. And I think maybe, maybe once they, they, you know, showed up and balled out. Um, but just look at Seattle. It's, it's just, you know, they, they really pulled ahead at the end of that game. If you had the Dolphins, I feel for you, right? Because you were kind of in it. And you kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, they're in it. And I think Seattle is just going to potentially blow up here and ruin the day at the end of the game. But they're healthy. They're looking good. Uh, they're they're having Russ Wilson spread the ball around. And now he's getting – I mean, if he's going to start getting David Moore involved in the offense and just start peppering third and fourth receivers, that's – that's scary. So I'm not going to bet against Russ, right? Which is why I. I You're just going to let Russ cook. No, we're not going to use that. <laughs> term. We're, we're, that that falls under our pandemic terms. Remember, we're not going to. Oh use no, it I know. I, I use it because I know how much you love it. <laughs> now more than ever, right? Yeah. Now more than ever, we're going to let. Uh, we need to let Russ cook. Wow, that's just a, a nauseous statement <laughs> to make. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, dude's looking like an MVP, right? So MVP at home, you don't get the 12th man anymore. Um, I'm going to shop around a little. I've learned my lesson here by not bringing this up. It looks like minus six and a half is only minus 122. That's not terrible, right? So if you want to get off uh, seven and get down to six and a half, um, it looks like I only have to lay uh, minus 122. You might be able to find it a little bit better than that. Uh, and it might be heading towards six and a half. So um, uh, I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to ride the the Seahawks here. And it's really it's really a bet against Kirk in this non one o'clock game as well. So I get the MVP against the guy who has a, a puckered butthole in uh, primetime <laughs> games. All right. I'm going to ask you, though, right, because in the interest of of making sure we think these through. Minnesota has looked good as of late. Right. They were very competitive uh, and uh, came down to a field goal against Tennessee at home. And then they go on the road and they beat Houston in Houston, despite the COVID-19 concerns and the disruption to the schedule. Why do you think that they can still be beaten by seven points here, given the fact that Seattle, if you look at their last couple games, they've been close games, right? They they barely been covering these spreads. Do you think that we are we are caught up there on Seattle? Is there any concern that maybe now they're a public team we know that they're going to play on Seattle uh that that it is too square. And by the way, the numbers right now 55-45 uh 55% on the Seahawks. Yeah, gotcha. Right, so there's enough. So you know, I think that it's a good thing, right? So that keeps me away away from Squareville. There's enough action coming in on the other side because of that recency um, bias there. Well, I also um, think that, it's the number. So I think seven seven's well. a key number too. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and from, from that side of things, that's why I'm also encouraging don't play seven, right? Play six and a half, right? Uh, so, um, but here here's the other part, right? So with Minnesota playing recently, it's more a play against uh, Cousins and the sample size that we have for that than it is anything that we're looking at from a recent um, standpoint. Because recently, you, you've got the league MVP trotting into this game that, that needs to cover a touchdown. Uh, and really, Kirk hasn't looked terrible the last couple of weeks in the Tennessee game. Um, you know, that's that's a, a nice showing there. But from that side of things, our, our data is saying he's not the same player when you deviate off of that time frame. So why that is, I don't need an explanation. Uh, I just need data sample size enough more than, you know, good 10, 12 um, that, that tells me he just doesn't play as well. And I think that's the point, right? We're getting Kirk Cousins. They have played well. Those two games were one o'clock games. This is not a one o'clock game, and I think that is the biggest difference that we're going to see here. Look, a lot of travel for Seattle again, and we travel something we've been talking about this week. Um, but I, I think what we're doing this is more a play. This is as much a play against Kirk Cousin and the Vikings in prime time off that one o'clock as it is on Seattle. So, in just a reference to, it's been a while, uh, and I haven't even really started. I don't think I've had too many opportunities so far this year. But similar that I won't play on Roethlisberger on the road, right? So it's another one of those types of samples. Uh, and if it weren't October, I wouldn't be playing Drew Brees on the road either. So I still still subscribe to those. There's enough sample size that shows their, um, and it's not whatever it is for for Ben. I don't know what the heck it is. Um, because he's coming from the outdoor. I think, you know, for Drew, even, you know, coming from a dome, even when he plays in another dome, he doesn't tend to do all that great. Um, but I, I looked past that last week because we got the, the, the red hot stats right. there that have absolutely no logic behind them. So let's we're, go. We're going to ride it again. So let's go to the game then. Obviously, we're talking about the Saints ride this week. Again. Monday yeah. night football. They are playing host to the Chargers who almost – who almost screwed you last week, Greg? Those Chargers were trying. Speaking of they sweating spunky, and puckered buttholes, <laughs> oh how about, man! How about that call? What? What is it? Nineteen seconds left, and you get the ball on your own five-yard line, up seventeen, going into the half. The Chargers, and and they they run the ball um, and fumble with a rookie running back, like. You can't make that kind of stuff up, and and that's you know basically I was I was pretty down in the dump, and the second that happens, you get the little pitter patter, and you get the little the little heartbeat, and the whole Tampa Bay team gets that pitter patter. It was just it was lovely, it, uh, but yeah, they they look spunky. They hit you with the defibril defibrillator there. You got a little uh -huh. life back, and you brought the heartbeat back. Yeah, so buddy. that being said, though, throw all that out the window. And you're going with the Saints minus, uh, wait, minus, I believe you said, I, I want to, I wish we had it on tape. I think it was no matter what the number, at any number. <laughs> so I, I say that, um, but but not not strongly and as much that I'm, I'm tacking them in a tease. That's going to be the way that I, that I play through them. Uh, and I'm going to get it down to two and a half and tie in with, uh, with another game. But like, yeah. Why not? The Saints are playing well. They're going to be at home. They're going up against a rookie quarterback who's looked well. Um, but why? You know, why should I be afraid of the the Chargers on the road at this point? This is this is probably the least thing that I'll look at. I made the decision last week once this hit that I was going to play it again. Right? Um, I, I do know if Michael Thomas is coming back. By the way, this is this is a moot point. Listen, I'm, we thought he was coming back. We thought he was coming back last week. We thought he was yeah. coming back last week, and then he didn't play. I mean, the guy has said he's been ready to play since he got injured. He was ready to play the next game, if you ask him. Uh, they got the buy next week. He shouldn't. They should. They should keep him on the shelf. So, does that change things for you? No, because it's, it's October. They're skills players. It's October. It's Death October. taxes and the Saints in October on this podcast. Here, I got to ask you though. Um, you know, you said, because I, I can't let you get away with this, you said you're going to take them in a tease. And obviously right now I see it at Saints minus eight, eight and a half, depending on where you're looking there. So that's a good number to tease. You, you know, you get through seven, you get through three, uh, obviously. Um, but 
I'm not letting you just say I'm going to take them with something else. You got to give us the second half of your oh, tease. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're we're going um, we're going Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. So like uh, I, I I know I know Dragon had the tease from last week because I got a text immediately uh, <laughs> after. Uh, those games were final, and <laughs> he said that Jacksonville and Tampa did not uh, make that tease easy. Um, and, you know, it, it, as long as it's exhilarating, as long as it wins, uh, we're going to go with the Cardinals. We're going to bet against the Jets and Joe Flacco. Uh, that's that's kind of funny. Um, so Flacco, a, a terrible offensive line, an immobile quarterback. I'm thinking about the last – three Jets games. Yep. And I'm thinking about every single one of the touchdowns that I remember. There was like magic smoke in the air. <laughs> Donald had to do like three spin moves, put his hand on the ground to keep himself from falling and then toss the ball to Berrios who appears out of nowhere, who trots him for a touchdown. And that's the only way they score a freaking point. And now you're going to have immobile Joe Flacco trot out there behind that offensive line uh recency biased against the cardinals right i don't love that there are two games on the road back to back a decent amount of travel there but they were coming off a home game so it, it's not like the Rams schedule um going back to back um and 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 recently they've lost two games right i don't think they're as bad as those those two most recent losses and the jets are just you know bottom two three um in the in the league here right you know i I don't even know why i'm saying two three they're they're probably the worst team so uh cardinals to win and saints minus two and a half that's the uh that's the play all right so listen let i mean because i think this is going to be a big survivor pick for a lot of people this week the cardinals right and i always look at those survivor pools and say is this a game where you could lose a portion of 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 your field there Right now, we're looking at a West Coast team coming east for a 1 o'clock game, right? That's what we got going against them. Also, you're talking about the weather. Right now, you're saying there is going to be some rain in New York. I don't know what the the final uh, tally on that was, what they're expecting in terms of percent of you're, chance of precipitation. You're in New York, buddy. You work for a news station. You don't have a weather person here that just gave the five-day forecast. Listen, the fo- were, first you, of all, Mr. G, don't you can't insult you can't insult a New York legend. Mr. G is an institution in New York. All right. Uh, the the forecast has changed a couple times, right? We got a hurricane, and depending on how quickly that moves, uh, is going to be how it impacts the weather in New York. But just something to keep in mind with a running quarterback, right? We've heard complaints about the field at MetLife Stadium. Is that going to be an issue uh, for Kyler Murray as he's moving around there? Um, that being said. Everything that I can put against the Arizona Arizona Cardinals. Let's not forget, I was the one who gave you a better beware game on the San Francisco 49ers when they played the Jets and everybody was out. The Jets are just that bad, in my opinion. They are so bad. And you mentioned it. Sam Darnold has extended a lot of these plays because he's been, even if he hasn't thrown a touchdown, he's extended a lot of these plays because he's been able to escape the pocket. And I think that has allowed some of those. I mean, he had a 46-yard touchdown run, the longest in team history. I don't understand why he's not playing in this one. This is so confusing to me because he came out after going into the locker room and played pretty well. Right? He played yeah. pretty well with that sprained AC joint. So why the heck wouldn't he play this week? And then I look at the fact that they do still have some injuries on the offensive line. Mekhi Becton, I, I think I saw him listed as he was either questionable or doubtful. Out. Officially out. Yep, out. Officially out for this one. So now you've got Joe Flacco back there. You mentioned the fact that he's immobile. Um, I don't know about Caroline uh, about Arizona's defense. They haven't been – you know, they've let up some points – uh, but I just don't think the Jets can take take advantage of that. And uh, I think they do need to get back to their winning ways. And we talk about it all the time. Coach and quarterback, Greg. Coach and quarterback. We got the advantage on both sides in this one with yeah, Arizona. Number, number 32 and number like probably 40 trotting out there. Uh, well, actually, we could go. I'm sure Adam Gaze is worse head coach than most offensive coordinators as well i'm kind of piling on here but like yeah. <laughs> i don't know how good joe flacco is but it like 
if Kyle Allen weren't starting this week, I would say he's absolutely the worst quarterback going out there. I, but I, when was the last time Joe Flacco started a game? How good were the Jets last year when Sam Darnold didn't play? Right. And they were still they're still terrible when he does play. It's yeah. Um, I, I'm starting to like this more and more. Um, the more we sit here and talk about it. Um, so and then that, the, that's that's a little scary. And then the thing we can't not talk about is the fact that the Jets had a false positive COVID-19 test on Friday, which caused them to cause them to cancel their practice and shut down their facility. Now, normally I wouldn't think that's a terrible thing on a Friday. Basically, you get a Friday off and the players might be feeling a little fresh. The only reason I look at that is because they've got a new quarterback under center. And you might want to get a quarterback who only came back last week, right? He only came back last week. Jets have 10 days rest, right? So that extra rest isn't really going to play a factor in there. I think they needed the practice time in this one to get Flacco a couple more reps and get him on the same page uh, with the rest of his teammates. So I I think that Friday practice being missed is going to hurt the Jets in this one. Look, it's the, the extra rest... The weather and a West Coast team coming east that I think are can give you a little bit of cause for pause in this one, Greg, as you're feeling a little overconfident there, I see. Those are, those are the three things that we got going against us in this one, but you're never putting you, – you can't put money on the Jets. And you're talking about taking them in the tees. You just need Arizona to win outright. Um and and let's not forget there was there was talk preseason about Kyler Murray for MVP and this team looked really good and let's not forget Arizona beat the San Francisco 49ers when they were healthy this season and now we saw what happened with the Jets when they didn't have anybody there uh, I, I mean I can't see Arizona not winning this one so Greg's two team tees classic bet on bet on. Arizona after two wins started smelling themselves and yep. then they got two losses. Now you gotta bet on. They're they're in a good situation there. Maybe not geographically or weather wise, but they're they're <laughs> they'll be in good shape for a little get right situation against the Jets. One more thing I need to check on you here, because this yes, this one gets you squarely in Square City though. If you were just visiting before though, you're taking up residence. Sixty seven percent of the public right now on the Arizona Cardinals in this one. It's not so that's not so bad. Not so bad? All right, he's comfortable yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Our better beware game of the week this week. I, Greg and I didn't discuss this before, but I'm going with the Houston Texans, okay? The Houston Texans are five-and-a-half-point favorites. This game opened at seven, and they fired their head coach, uh, Bill O'Brien. They look—I I mean, look, they had a chance in that one against— uh, Minnesota. I, it was a questionable call at the end there, whether he was uh, bobbling it or not. I mean, I get it. It was. It, I, I had no problem with them overturning that touchdown there at the end. Um, but I don't know how you bet on this team right now. How do you bet on the Houston Texans right now? They have nothing outside of Deshaun Watson. That roster is is devoid of talent. He it is it is similar. It's a similar situation because it's not as bad, but it's a similar situation to what's going on with the New York Jets here. I mean, you have nobody on that team. Uh, their defense is abysmal. They were talking about bringing in Earl Thomas. I think they just signed a deal with Prince Amukamara to bring him in as one of their starting cornerbacks. If you're bringing Prince Amukamara in off the street to be your cornerback, like how bad is that secondary? And Say what you want. I, I think Gardner Minshew is, has been okay for them. Um, I, I think that this is, you know, this is a, a division game, and it's just way too many points, way too many points right now uh, for a team that that is in absolute shambles. If you're gonna go with the favor in this one, know that you have our warning. Better beware. The other thing I want to talk about is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. I've heard a lot of things about him being a good coach. Go ahead, Greg, because you and I, I think we agree on this one. Bye-bye? Is you saying bye-bye? Yeah, I mean, go back to college. Uh, like, it, just don't even get me started on. He's trading for he, – he was accumulating running backs. They traded a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. Like, a third-round pick is a starter on your team when you have no offensive line to speak of, and you're trading for Duke Johnson, and then the next year you trade your best player. Mm. Maybe second best player. Deshaun's pretty good. Uh, right, for right. David Johnson, like, wh- what are you doing? Um, so I just, 
I'm glad that we're moving on pretty soon. Adam Gaze will be gone and we can get some new blood in here that that will bring you know the bottom up in the league and you know we can we can start to actually have some watchable games from from these these teams so i i just want to see deshaun uh watson with uh, an actual head coach and right like give him an actual team to play behind because i think there's some talent there uh, that could use a little bit of support uh, just a little bit. You think you think there's some talent with, on the uh, on no, Houston no, from, from the from the quarterbacks. Oh, okay. Like the quarterbacks are players that you know. I don't know about Darnold as much as Watson. I mean, Watson's a uh, just a winner. Um, so, like, I just like to see him supported a little bit. Now, you mentioned Bill O'Brien. Obviously, as a GM, what did you think of him as a coach, though? Eh. I mean, I don't think of him as negatively as everyone else because it trot some teams into the, the, the playoffs, but I, nothing special, right? And, you know, I, I was a little surprised he got fired that quickly, uh, but certainly nothing special. I don't think he was the, the worst in the league, but uh, yeah, I didn't like him very much. All right. So our better beware game of the week is the uh, – is the – Jacksonville is the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. We got uh, we got some background noise going here. So uh, right now, I think somebody's trying to write down some picks, uh, trying to get in some action in this weekend's yeah. games. I, I think he would be a better G, uh, GM than than uh, Bill. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so let's ask him. Does he over does he overvalue running backs? Oh, or bud. God, he, I think he might love running backs right now. He's all about the balance. He was watching Alvin Kamara's balance drills over there and practicing them a little bit. I was going to say, I think he just did a, a tire drill in the background. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up for this week. This week is a very interesting one. We are playing two unders. We like under in Washington and Lo- uh, Los Angeles Rams and the under in uh, Indianapolis and Cleveland. We also like yep. a two-team tease with the Arizona Cardinals and the October Saints. I mean, I'm sorry, New Orleans Saints. Uh, and then the I'm missing one game here, Greg. What's the last game that I'm missing? Oh, the better beware Seattle. game of the week. Oh, and Seattle. No, Seattle. Right, Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, lay, lay the lay seven. One, lay minus one twenty-two. Take it at six and a half. All right, Greg says lay the six and a half. Are you playing it at seven, Greg? If you can't get it, you telling somebody to play it? All right, no, you 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 can get it. No, you can get it. You find somewhere that's got alternate lines. If your book doesn't, go get a different book. All right. You don't have to play seven. All right. So lay the extra juicy. Says take it minus six and a half and roll with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, I think I, I think this is a good one. Don't forget, check out. Uh, I I said it. I, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I know you're listening. I'm. I I, I said I, I was a little nervous about your pick this week, uh, but check it out. He is four and zero. Who am I to pick against the, uh, somebody who's perfect on the season? Uh, picking seventy one percent since we started doing that pick on Instagram right now. So check him out. The pick of the week. His wingfoot lock on Instagram. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri, and uh, my son Max hanging out in the background. Thanks for watching this episode of the Wingfoot Locks, everybody. Remember, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week, everyone.